Sorry, guys, just give me a second here. Okay. Hey, so my name's Dr. Adam Robison. I am a physician, first and foremost. I've been working as a doctor for many years. It's what I love doing. I love seeing patients. And uh, everything I do is done to mainly optimize that relationship, which I consider sacrosanct, the relationship between a patient and a physician. I currently work as a doctor. I, see, I work 15 to 16 days a week, or I'm sorry, 15 to 16 days a month. I feel like 15 to 16 days a week um, in the hospital as a hospitalist, um, which is a lot of fun during COVID. I'm also a medical director for a large physician group. I oversee staffing of four hospitals as well as three paired-op clinics. And interspersed to support all of that, we have a very vibrant telehealth outfit that supports all of our sites. It's kind of a hot spotting. Um, so, because we, we cover a large geographical area. I work in Idaho. I work in a small town of Twin Falls that you've probably never been to, nor will you ever go to Twin Falls. It's very small, but we cover about, um, and we have a catchment area for my little small hospital, a 200-bit hospital, a catchment area for 300,000 patients. And so we have to, we have to make it do with a little to cover a lot. I also am a founder and a and chief medical officer of a, of a software company called AI Medica. But most important here is I, I wear a lot of hats, as you can see, and they're basically three full-time jobs. But it all gets back to the idea of optimizing my relationship with my patient. Um, the top, main talk of the day right now, and I'll be quick, is we've talked about this a little bit, but there's a huge, um, we're hu uh, most hospitals right now are sitting at a huge financial problem right now in the United States. All of these telehealth solutions we have out there will never be adopted if we can't um, show an ROI, clear ROI. Right now, I'm taught two things. I'm taught how to diagnose and treat patients. That's all I was taught in medical school, and I'm really good at it. That's all I was taught. I'm not taught any of this stuff. This stuff is, and this is what is important for health systems. So how do we do it? I have been through all the trainings you can think of all the different mandatory trainings that we've instituted for my physicians to go through. Hey, go through this training, learn how to code, learn how to bill, learn how to use new intervention X, Y, Z. Everybody forgets it. Um, because we're not trained in it, and we don't really care about it, frankly. So how do you get people to care about it? Um, this is kind of a, a simplified diagram of a car. Think of a car driving. You have misaligned tires. You get a lot of problems. You get decreased efficiency, you have increased wear, increased burnout. Physicians right now, we're exhausted. Everybody keeps offering solutions to us about how to do better care, and they, we still haven't figured out how to optimize my workflow day to day. Outcomes that, these outcomes right here, what we care about is health systems and physicians. And any intervention we do has to move the needle here. Readmissions, length of stay in the hospital, decrease morbidity, decrease mortality, decrease cost of care, an accurate disease burden description. In the United States, a big, there's a big talk about RAMI scores. These are casemic indexes, if you're familiar with that type of language. This is what people care about right now. And if we don't come with solutions that move the needle here, you're gonna have a hard time getting uptake in the market. Why is this so difficult? I, as a physician, care about my patients. And as much as physicians like to talk about suits not caring, administrators not caring about the patients, they care about the patients too. I wear both hats. I'm an administrator and I'm a physician. We both care about the same things, but why is it so hard? We're often working against each other. There are currently several knowledge gaps that I've listed. There's lots of them, but I'm going to kind of big ones that, that are glaring knowledge gaps here that are important. To, we have to come up with solutions that cover these, close these gaps. 
versus a physician's clinical knowledge and the clerical knowledge, i.e. lack of clerical knowledge. We don't have any. I know how to diagnose and treat. I don't know how to do anything else. And I went through a lot of school, years of school to figure that out, and the physicians in the room know what I'm talking about. All the other stuff you have to pick up on the fly when you get out and practice. Patients' ability to navigate complicated disease processes, we've talked about that already. These telehealth solutions need to be, but they need to be targeted. We can't just throw a telehealth solution on the wind and hope people help them with them. I mean, it's got to be targeted to help them navigate this complicated disease process. Things like diabetes, congestive heart failure, COPD, these huge drivers of readmissions to the hospitals across the United States. Health systems lack of useful data to move the needle on important metrics. We, want, we need to move the needle on these readmissions, but we lack the data at times to do that meaningfully or have the feedback. And lastly, is an understanding gap between all three parties of what we don't know about each other. A sense of mistrust between physicians and administration, a sense of mistrust, as we've already talked about a little bit, between patients and health systems. Current tools, there's lots of them out there trying to address these problems. IBM Watson was a big deal when it came out. For those of you who remember that, big deal. Got recently sold off, parts and pieces somewhere else. It had a big promise. The problem was, it, you look at the reasons, some of the reasons why it failed, some reports where it wasn't given the best data, and so it came up with inaccurate um, predictions, and there wasn't very reliable and wasn't very accurate. Something that I've used, I've, I've seen lots of these tools come through my practice over the years. Um, a scoring tool for admission. Well, that's fantastic. Patient comes to the ER, an AI-generated tool comes out. What am I going to do with that tool? That's interesting information, but it doesn't actually help me do anything useful. We're not going to change our staffing on the ER based on that number. We're not going to change our staffing in the, in the hospital. So I'm left with this, don't know what to do with it. The rest of these three categories, I've kind of broadly put them into, are three other categories of, of information that we get that we don't know what to do with or that we need. Non-actionable information, much like that scoring tool. I need information, I provide lots of information, but I need to have something that I can do with that information. Incorrect information. Um, Stuff, we talked a little bit about um, information coming in from, uh, from the, the, somebody gave the example of, the, of weighing their turkey with RPM, with remote patient monitoring. That's an example of incorrect information. How do we get that? And lastly, I, I think that this is one of my favorites that I've seen recently. I use an EHR, I won't tell which one. That recently it was a great innovation. We're going to do a sepsis best practice advisory. We're going to tell you when the patient meets sepsis. That's a fantastic idea. I care about sepsis, patients care about sepsis, I should know when patients meet sepsis. The problem with this is, this advisory, in a, this advisory right now, happens a day after they're admitted to the hospital, I'm already giving them antibiotics and I'm already coded them out as having sepsis. And I'm treating them, giving them fluids. It's, but it's giving me information a day late. That's not very useful to me at all. It doesn't close any knowledge gaps. If we're going to move the needle on patient care, we have to um, create tools that fill these gaps to improve patient care. How? I'm briefly going to give my example here. For those of you in the audience who are familiar with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, one of my favorite books, it's a great book. It's an absurd sci-fi commentary on bureaucracy. Um, but in the book, it talks about a supercomputer that was built by a I, I super intelligent aliens that built this computer to discover the answer to life, the universe, and everything. It took it millions of years. The computer's called Deep Thought to come up with the answer. And it gave the answer output 42. <laughs> of course, everybody was, the aliens were not expecting this to be the answer. 42. 
And he said, well, what is that supposed to mean? And they said, you have to write, ask the right question. Too often, in, 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 uh, too often and, and their catchphrase of the book is, don't panic. So if you're with the book, that's why the picture's up there. Too often in medicine, we're given tools that give us 42, but we're not given the context of that information, nor we understand what the question was actually answering or what question we should be asking. I'll be real quick. Just got a couple minutes left. I'm trying to help make sure we're on time here. Smart on Fire, somebody talked about the Cures Act that's coming out or has already come out in various phrases. This is important. This allows us to take data out of the EHR and ask some important questions and give some meaningful context into the EHR. Um, we now, with some of these Smart on Fire tools, we can integrate evidence-based solutions and practices directly into the workflow of the physician, closing the knowledge gap. When new guidelines are published, instead of having to have to go to them, me having to go, and I'm a community physician, I don't live in academia, Instead of having to go to some journal figuring out what the new updated guideline is, somebody spoke about a 17-year gap from clinical bench knowledge to um, me practicing medicine at the bedside in the community hospital. We should do that directly in my workflow, passively educating. Automate and standardize clinical documentation. Clinical documentation, this is, we can suggest the right codes and the right documentation to the physician while they're in their workflow, while they're documenting. That's important because that closes that gap. It helps, helps augment my ability to care for my patients. Um, we can aggregate population-level health statistics at the point of care. And most importantly to me and to clinicians like me that aren't in academia, that I'm just trying to see all my patients, I got a lot of them to see, educating me at the time of care, critical to closing this gap and closing this knowledge gap I've talked about. Technology is healthcare drivetrain. I believe that the solutions we're talking about here will help move the needle forward. We've got to make sure they're targeted and they've got to be poignant, actually fixing the problems we talked about, fixing these knowledge gaps. If we can do that, we can align the tires of our car, we can make our systems more efficient, and we can make it more um, impactful and decrease burnout. We are going to have to do more with less. That is the nature of medicine going forward. And if, any, if your systems are only additive, but they're not subtractive, meaning they don't reduce, uh, reduce the uh, current um, uh, overhead burden to implement them, they're not going to be very successful. But if we can do this, if we can make those solutions um, uh, impact and, and they're targeted to decrease these knowledge gaps, they will be effective. And we'll move the needle on here. There's something out there, AHRQ published this, about the learning health system model. Look at it, and we'll talk about it because we're running out of time. But I think my, my main point of the lecture today was if we can create tools that align physician and health systems, and that's a kicker, it's got to be alignment of those goals, then we can actually move the needle on these things. If we don't, if we just throw another th project or another, another new toy, a new, new gizmo and gadget into health systems, because I've seen a lot of them throughout my years of practice, believe me, I've seen a million different ICU monitors, a million different intubation tools, I've seen them all, a million different scoring systems. They're neat, but if I don't make, close that gap, that knowledge gap between me and my patient or me and the, me and the administrators, we're never going to move the needle on, health, on, on modern health care. I'm done. <laughs>